Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the BIH Show. On this week's episode, we're nearly a week into the World Championships and GB have impressed in Riga. We speak to Josh Tetlow, co-coach Adam Keith, and the third man to win 100 caps for his country, Jonathan Phillips. Cardiff Devils have begun their recruitment drive, so for the first time we speak with their head coach, Jared Scaldi, while in the NIHL there's playoffs to look forward to as two more short tournaments end and the fans are coming back. EIHA's media man, Craig Simpson, tells us more. You're listening to The BIH Show. I'm Craig Anderson and welcome to the show. We'll start firstly by sending our condolences to the family of Sheffield Steelers defenseman Marek Tronsinski, who sadly passed away at the weekend at the age of 32. Tronsinski joined the Steelers in October 2019 after spending his entire career in his native Czech Republic, starting that season with Litvinov before moving to England. In 52 games for the Steelers in all competitions, he scored 12 times and made 34 assists and spent last season in Romania and had agreed to return to the UK for the new season. Of course, he won a Challenge Cup with the Steelers in that season, beating Cardiff Devils prior to lockdown. Tronsinskate leaves behind a wife and young daughter, for whom the Steelers have kindly offered to support, which is a lovely gesture. You'll hear Steelers captain Jonathan Phillips talking about him a little later in the show. In Riga, Great Britain have been putting in the performances as they look to make their mark in the World Championships. At the time of recording, the team have just beaten Belarus 4-3 to claim their first win in regulation time at the top level since 1962. Thanks to a double from Liam Kirk and one each 
from Mike Hammond and Ben Davis. That's now four points on the board following their 3-2 overtime loss to Denmark on Tuesday, and the guys are getting stronger and more confident as the games go on. With the help of Ice Hockey UK, we've been able to get into the camp from GB in Riga. Now, due to timings, we interviewed the guys earlier in the week before the Denmark game, but we started with defenseman Josh Teklo making his first steps in the international senior men's hockey. His performances have been excellent, but before we got into that, I wanted to know what his first impressions of Riga were. Um, not really seeing too much of it at the moment. We're just kind of locked down in the hotel and going back and forth in the rink, but it looks like a nice city, uh, so I think I'm going to have to try and come back when we're not quarantined in the hotel, that's for sure. I was just going to ask that then, obviously, that's the, the, the strict measures that you're working under right now where you can't even so much as go out for a walk. No, I mean, maybe you can. Like, just but it would only be just around the hotel. But I think, like, I mean, we have a busy schedule anyway, so it's not too bad. You don't notice it that much, kind of on game days and that. You don't really mind. But the first couple of days we got here, when we were sort of just locked down in the rooms, that was a bit tough. But I mean, can't complain because the hotel's looking after us so well. Like, it's amazing. But um, yeah. Good. So, do you still need to pinch yourself a little bit that you're actually at the World Championships and playing? Uh, yeah, somewhat. So sort of, you'll sort of walk around sometimes and see people and you think, like, oh, he plays in the NHL, you know, like all this kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of mad. But when you're on the ice, I think yeah, you don't even really think about it. You just kind of dumb it down to what you know, which is just it's just hockey and you just try and do your best to, with the situation that's given. I mean, how does this experience compare to anything else? I mean, I know you've been involved in some big games in the past, but this must be different level stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely different. Like I remember before the first game, I sort of had the same feeling I had before my first elite league game, which was I don't really know what to expect, and I sort of, you, I've never played at that level before, so I was sort of unsure how I'd compare. Um, and I remember having that feeling; it was sort of fear of the unknown. But you know, the guys here, you know, are really great at sort of telling you just kind of keep it keep it simple, just relax, and you know, just kind of just let it happen. Now, you're playing, obviously, with a group of guys, a lot of whom were in Slovakia two years ago, that big tournament, the big game against France at the end. We've all, we've all watched it, we've all seen it. What did those guys tell you about the experience of coming to the, the World Championships and did they give you any pointers on what to expect? Um, they just said it was, you know, unbelievable and it was just such an unbelievable experience and they, you know, they, they, they give pointers and just sort of said everything happens so quickly. You just got to get the puck on and off your stick and sort of know what you're doing with it before you get it. But they also said, you know, like you, you'll not feel, I don't know. They said like you kind of have to experience it first uh, before you know, like you can't prepare for it almost. That's what they said. So, yeah. And have you noticed that it's a lot quicker at that level? I remember guys saying two years ago, just the, the speed in which these players come at you. Have you noticed that a real difference in that? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's like they're so good at, at everything they do, and they're also huge and strong, and all of the other things. So, um, yeah, and they they don't mess up like really. The puck doesn't bubble over their stick or anything like that. It seems anyway. Um, you know, all the passes are tape to tape, and you know, if you're not careful, it's just tape to tape in the back of the net. I think so. You kind of got to just stay on top of them and try and make sure they don't develop a, like too much speed, so they can't really play their game. I think that's the way that I'm trying to do it. 
Now, as I speak to you, and I think it's important to point out, this is the rest day. This is Monday. So you've had your first two games. Um, it's before the, the Denmark game on Tuesday. What are your reflections on those first two games? How you performed, the, the mood in the camp? What's it been like? Uh, I think we're, you know, the mood in, in like the dressing room is really upbeat. I think we're really pleased with how we sort of reacted uh, to the first two games. Yesterday was sort of a bit disappointing, actually, like that we lost. And I think that's almost a positive that we're disappointed, you know, come and we give them a good game. And I think, you know, we're skating with them. And to be disappointed against one of the top nations in the world is is really a great thing, I think, <laughs> in a sort of weird way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm sort of happy with the way I, I've played in the first couple of games. Sort of always think I can do better, but um, and I think I you know I think I will in the next few games. So just trying to keep going and trying to sort of stay stay positive, I think, is the main the main thing. The thing, the big thing I got from the, watching the, the first two games was that the, the start was maybe a little bit, a little bit slow. Um, you know, the, the goals went in early. You, you start to wonder, will the heads go down? But then, no, you guys got a foothold in the game. You start causing problems up the other end as well. Do you feel the confidence coming back into the team that you can go toe to toe with these teams? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it's just such a like a collective. It's a really good group of guys in the dressing room, and I don't think, you know, there's. You can't really. No one would let negativity sort of happen. I don't think, and uh, it's not really an option because if you think about like the odds are already quite stacked against us. You don't need to create any more issues. You know, I think you just needs to be everything positive and everything up from everything that we can control, and that's it really. I mean, if something bad does happen, like a goal goes in or whatever, you just gotta get back on the horse, basically, control what you can control, and just try and make sure that it's all good. Now, there was a lot of appreciation for, for your performances in the, the first two games. I saw that across the British ice hockey social media. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of what, of what people are saying? And, and how much confidence does that give you, knowing that people are talking about you in such high terms? Uh, Chris has just told me that it's been like quite good on social media. Oh, right. I, try, I try and not really look at it, to be honest, because I'm sort of, I don't know, I just think sometimes like it's obviously great and it does give me a lot of confidence. And I love the fact that the fans are so supportive. Um, but I just try and kind of not really look at it too much. I don't know. <laughs> just not really, yeah, I don't know. Try and be a bit, uh, I don't know what the word is. What's the word? <laughs> Naive to it, I suppose. I don't really try not to listen to it. That's just my, my point of view. And what are you getting out of playing alongside someone as experienced as Mark Richardson? Mark's a really great guy. I've spoke to him many times. I get the impression he's a very calm and influence. You know, he'll he'll support you all the way. He'll maybe even talk you through games. Is, is am I right in saying that? Definitely, he's so uh, like poised with the puck, and he's you know never like gets out of position and just kind of is always on the same level, which is really like amazing because it's like like you said when you come back to the bench and you sort of want to ask a question you want to clear something up he kind of knows the answer and says oh you just do this and do this or or could have done this could have done like, it's, it's great yeah, it's really great and it's mass- massively helpful for me to have him sort of as my day partner because yeah he obviously knows what he's doing so and of course Again, those two games, I think that the highlight of the two games has been the performances of the netminders. Jackson against Russia on Saturday, Bouncy against Slovakia on Sunday. How much reassurance does that give you that those guys on their night are as good as anybody out there? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, 
can't downplay the fact that they they you know they are as good as anyone here. I think like some of the saves that they've they've had to pull out have been unbelievable, and you can't can't praise them enough from my point of view. And you knew what you were getting out of those guys. You played with them in the, the elite series as well, so already you, you've got that reassurance there. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, the elite series was really great actually for sort of helping get to know people that you didn't know already, and sort of it made the transition very very easy coming here. So what do you get up to in your downtime? You can't get out much, obviously, but uh, I think you guys were at the Canada-USA game on Sunday. How was that? Yeah, well, yeah, that was good, actually. Like, it was it was crazy, like I say, just sort of looking on the ice and seeing so many NHL players. And, uh, yeah, it was really good, good experience. Not every day you get to go and watch that. Oh, someone's... There <laughs> must be a police raid or something going on behind you, I don't really... <laughs> uh, yeah, so just, uh, yeah, that was good fun. And other than that, not too much, just the same as, as everybody else. A lot of Netflix and crosswords, is, that's about it, really. Just sort of chilling out. Playing ping pong now as well. <laughs> but I'm yet to really win that many games. So Keep practising. Uh, <laughs> I know at the Elite Series, I know everybody had their own rooms in, in the hotels. Are you rooming with someone in Riga? Are you, or again, is it the same arrangement? You're having to, to, to stay yourself in, in your own room? Yeah, it's, it's, you only have your own room. I think that's, you know, because of COVID reasons and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but we have, like, three floors, I think. This is GB. It's, like, um, coaches and all that kind of stuff. So we, But, yeah, no, it's it's good because we have the meeting room now. The first couple of days, we sort of just had to come down for meals. But then now we can hang out in the room. We've got, like, a Xbox and uh, table football and ping pong and stuff in there. So... Kind of whenever we have a meal, we all sort of just stay down there for a couple of hours afterwards, and it's quite nice, really. Just you just kind of hang out, it's good. And of course, being the rest day as well, are you getting on the ice today for a quick skate, or as the coaches just said, no, guys, just have the day, maybe look at something later on, but generally just take it easy. Uh, no, we have we do have a skate today. I don't know whether the coaches will say something when we're at the rink or something, but so far it's scheduled that we're skating. I think it's around about four o'clock we're skating. Uh, yeah, so it's just like just gone twelve now. So in a few hours, gonna have lunch and then chill out for a bit and then go down to the rink. So, yeah. But of course, we're only at the start of the competition. Five games to go. We've seen some pretty strange results across the competition so far. I mean, as I talk to you now, who would have thought Canada have only got one goal in two games so far? So where's GB's win coming from? Man, I don't know. I just think. Just take it. I don't know. Take every game as it comes, and we'll just give everyone as good of as good as as good of a go as we can. Um, I think we just got to take it to them. You know, I think yesterday we really showed that we can. We're right there, and you know, a couple of you know a couple of other bounces, and we we would maybe, you know, maybe tied that game or won that game. So I think we just got to take that mentality through and just think. You know what? Yeah, it's the top tier and, you know, yeah, the odds are stacked against us, but, you know, why not us kind of thing? That's the mentality I think we have to have. GB defenceman Josh Teklo on the BIH show. Coming up, we're still in Latvia to hear from co-coach Adam Keefe and Jonathan Phillips. Cardiff Devils head coach Jared Scaldi speaks to us and Craig Simpson talks playoffs and fans coming back in the NIHL. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the BIH show. International competitions are always one for people to get excited about and the growth of the Great Britain team is something we've all watched with great interest. One man who's lived it all the way has been the captain, Jonathan Phillips, who earlier this week picked up his 100th cap for GB, the third man to do so after David Longstaff and Ashley Tate. 
As well as that, we covered a few things, including his reaction to the news of Marek Tronsinski's death, but I began by asking how much he enjoyed being back on the world stage again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really good, to be honest. It's, it's obviously after such a up-and-down year with not knowing if we're playing or if you know leagues are going to go ahead, this and the other. Um, it was just great to kind of get back to that kind of team environment and um, I think especially with this team, I, you know, I think a lot of us have been together for so long and, um, you know, we've, we've been through so many ups and downs and, and obviously, you know, more recently the ups. Um, and it's just, it's just a good time for every, everybody. So um, it definitely came at the right time. And, you know, I think I think the boys are really enjoying playing and, 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 and competing. And competing you guys are, I mean, the results might tell a different story, but the fact you've been in both games, really given Russia and Slovakia something to, to work for, you know, has been outstanding. It's been good to watch. Hiya. Hi, Davey. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously starting off with Russia, I don't think anyone knew what, what to, uh, to expect. I, you know, I think we were, I think you could tell that we hadn't played in, a, a, you know, that kind of high-tempo, skilled game in a long time um but i think there was there was you know so many positives to be taken from that uh from that game and then obviously last night playing against slovakia it, it, you know we 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 improved again and um you know i think to be coming away from playing slovakia and and you know being happy but also being disappointed in not not taking you know a point at least uh, it, i think it just shows how how, how far how far we're, we're, we've come and, and, and how we're building. That's what we want to keep doing, is just building every single game. The Russia game on Saturday, they seemed to score their four goals within a relatively short space of time. Was there any concerns, any fears that they could be quite ruthless and really rack up quite a score? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we definitely thought that, you know, in the months leading up to this of how Russia was going to be, that they're not a team who, who were ever going to kind of show any mercy. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think we actually started really well. Those first kind of few minutes, um, we were in on the four check. We were creating, creating a few chances. Um, and, uh, you know, they get that quick one. I, you know, we kind of had a few missed assignments and some guys were left open back door. Um, next thing is 4 nil. So you kind of want to stop stop the bleeding at that point, but you know I think we we really came together then um, for the second period, and I think what, what did they score one I think in the second, mm-hmm. so it, it was you know it, we learned we learned quick, and um, yeah it was uh, you know I think again just for for that game it was it was disappointing that they scored seven because you know obviously they had the puck most of the night you, we totally expect that. I think we were disappointed in the end to be to, to have given up seven because when you look back at the goals, I think they were, you know, a lot of little mistakes that we made that, that you know, we could definitely learn from. And of course, the, the game against Slovakia, it was only a 2-1 loss. You've already mentioned that the disappointment and not at least getting a point from the game. But when you consider, and this was something I highlighted on social media, the fact that you lost 7-1 to the same team two years ago for all that's gone on since then, coronavirus and such like, I mean, what an improvement to even get a team like that to that score. Yeah, massively. And, uh, you know, I think the last kind of 10 minutes of that third period, we had them on their heels. We were aggressive on the four check. We were getting pucks deep. We were, 
you know, we were making them not get to their kind of defensive positions, and 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 uh, you know, we 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 were starting to turn them. So, um, and again, I think even even yesterday, it was two kind of little mistakes. So it is it, two plays that we could have, you know, done a little bit bet, better on. Um, so it, it is, you know, if we keep building the way we're building and 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 just eliminate their mistakes as much as we can. Then it'll be interesting to see what we can do. Now, from a playing point of view, is there any difference in the fact that Pete's not there? He's decided to stay home. So you're working with Adam Keith and Corey Nielsen. So there's two voices there who I dare say come together and unify as one when the time comes. From your point of view, is there a difference in not having Pete there? No, not right now, because Pete's, you know, Pete's obviously very much involved. He's we do the Zoom sessions and meetings and we uh we go through some video with Pete, so he's 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 very much here. Um, although, you know, from from back in the UK, and um, you know, I think with with Kiefer and, and Corey, they've been they've been with the program a few years now, so they they know they know the culture of the guys, and uh, they know how, how how we are, what makes us tick, and um, you know, I think they're doing a doing a fantastic job. And to you now, John, as I speak to you, that's ninety nine caps in the bag, um, one hundred. All going well should be happening against Denmark on Tuesday. How does it feel to get to such a milestone with your long and storied career? Yeah, pretty crazy to be honest. It, it, it's definitely something I, I I never thought I'd I'd see. Um, you know, a hundred caps. It is because caps are only given for the for the World Championships and the Olympic qualifier games. Um, it, it, yeah, like you just never thought that you'd ever get to that number. Um, so to be able to do it, and then especially to be able to do it in in the World Championships, is uh, yeah, it's pretty special. Do you know if there's anything special? The guy's going to have a little celebration for you in your behalf. Or anything like that happening? No, I, I, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> well, uh, I think we'll just uh, hopefully celebrate a few wins at the end of the tournament if we can. Let's hope so. And of course, the, the tournament itself, you got that one win in Slovakia two years ago. I mentioned this to Josh Tetlow earlier. We're seeing some crazy results in this competition so far. GB are bound to get one, aren't they? I mean, you hope so. And, and I think for us, obviously, we, you know, I, the big thing for us as a team is just, is just to concentrate on ourselves and, 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 and keep improving. And if we do that, there's there's really no reason why we can't get some results. You know, I, I think we've all got that, that that belief and that confidence. And um, yeah, that you know, as we said before this tournament, even though there's no relegation, that 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 really doesn't matter to us. It's never end, entered our head. It's all about you know just just proving to the world that we 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 do belong here and 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 we want to stay here for a long time. Now, while you're on, John, I have to ask you about um, Marek Tronsinski. Sadly, passed away over the weekend. Teammate of yours um, from, from Sheffield Steelers. That news broke on Sunday morning. First of all, what was your reaction when you heard that news? I was in total shock. I, I received a text message uh, to wake up to uh, yesterday morning. And, um, yeah, I was, I was in, in complete shock. He was, he was such a, a, a fun-loving guy, especially for a guy who didn't speak a lot of English. Um, he was a he was a fantastic teammate, an unbelievable player. Um, he came to the rink with a, a, a smile on his face every, every single day. You know, he, he was he was a good good human being. 
and of course hugely popular with the fans as well. I take it it's fair to say he was popular among you and the rest of the teammates as well. Yeah, he was. He was, as I said, you know, he, he didn't he didn't speak a lot of English, but he, he was he was a character, and he was a huge character within that room. And um, yeah, it, 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 to be honest, it hasn't really sunk in. GB captain Jonathan Phillips on the BIH show, and congratulations to him on his 100th cap. There's more to come from Riga as GB co-coach Adam Keefe talks to us about things from his perspective, and we may also discuss how his brother Sheldon's getting on with the Maple Leafs in the NHL playoffs. Cardiff Devils coach Jared Scaldi is also here, as well as Craig Simpson from the EIHA on Return to Play. See you in a minute. Welcome back to the BIH show. We're back in Riga one more time and this time we chat to one of the co-coaches, Adam Keefe, about his role with the team, especially in Pete Russell's absence, his dynamic along with Corey Nielsen and how the Toronto Maple Leafs are faring in the NHL. First of all, I asked him how good did it feel to be back behind the bench after such a long time away from it? Yeah, it's certainly been an adjustment. Um, you know, I think I've been off the bench for 15 months so uh, to get to Coventry and and then to get stuck right in with with Corey and um, you know, and then getting the news that that Pete wasn't going to make it, obviously, you know, I really needed to kick it in gear and um, made sure that that I'm aware and well prepared, um, so things don't kind of, I guess, overwhelm me on the bench. Now, I watched your interview with Chris last week and you were saying about the need for the guys to compete in every game and as far as you're concerned to do that, the guys are, are a winner in your book. Two games in, you have to be happy with what you've seen so far. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, we asked, you know, starting in the Russian game that we competed from start to finish and, and didn't uh, didn't give in or didn't give up and we just kept going right to the very end and I thought the guys certainly did that. Um, that being said, I thought, you know, there were some mistakes that were made that we wouldn't really make in a regular season as well. So, um, you know, we touched on that and uh, I think the guys kind of recognized themselves that those are, especially in this tournament, uh, mistakes we can't make. So I thought we corrected that in game two. And I think that's why I saw a much closer game, um, gave up a lot less opportunities. So. Uh, if we can do that, we may find ourselves in more games than we think. And then, obviously, from there, you know, we need to find a way to create some offense. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned, obviously, the fact that you're working alongside Corey. Pete's not there. Tell us about the dynamic between you three. Um, I'm, I'm aware that, that Pete's in constant contact with you. How does that work through the through the context of a game? Both the game, yeah. Pete is watching the games, obviously, um, and communicating with us in between periods and uh, before and after games. So, um, yeah, obviously the main difference would be that he's not there on the bench. I would say everything aside from that. And I mean, I guess we're, we're running practice and stuff, but, uh, we're in constant contact with Pete and, uh, via zoom. I think that, you know, in today's world, zoom is, uh, very prevalent. So it, not a whole lot has changed and we didn't really want to change much of the culture that Pete has, has brought in here over the last four or five years. And, uh, we wanted to keep things very much the same and just kind of keep rolling. Obviously, we've had success here over the last three years or four years, I think it is for them. So um, we didn't want much to change. You know, we wanted to continue with the same program that Pete has built and and same culture. So um, the the ability to have Pete kind of still chime in every now and then via Zoom and, uh, you know, he's in on all the meetings with, with Corey and I uh, when it comes to decisions or 
just review on the game. So not a whole lot has changed uh, away from the actual game. Now, when you consider that GB basically had a standing start, hadn't played for so long compared to the other teams, we hadn't had a league in this country, other teams I was aware played some warm-up games as well. Are you starting to see a constant improvement in the guys, not only, well, obviously in the games, but in practice as well as, as the days go on? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, to come into this tournament and face Russia off, off the bat, they uh, they bring an extra challenge in that the, the, they're extremely skilled and talented. And uh, you couple that with their speed and uh, their mobility, you know, it brings extra challenges to our group, especially being the first match that we would have played them at that level. And then they'd had uh, probably four or five, at least exhibition games. Whereas we were playing inter squad games due to just the travel uh, arrangements. And um, so, you know, I thought all things considered, um, you know, the guys, they didn't run out of gas uh, the way that we thought it could have happened. And we thought that they competed throughout the full 60 and, um, thought that they got better in game two, and we're just hoping to get better each game. So um, hopefully we'll see that tomorrow. Now, they're all hard games in this group, of course. I would say Russia are maybe the standout team, given their record in this competition. Um, were you glad to get that one at least out of the way first before you could look at the other teams that are coming up? Yeah, I guess um, it's out of the way, that's for sure. But, they, you know, in this tournament, you, the way, way you see right now, all the results, everyone's kind of beating everyone so um we certainly want to go into every game with the mindset that we're going to compete for the entire 60 minutes and uh we're certainly going to have to defend well and then when we get opportunities we need to take them so um that's that's kind of the mindset going into these games you know uh why not tonight uh, i guess is the, you know i guess the kind of the thing that i've been saying is why not tonight? You know, why wait till the end of the tournament or anything for a moment? You know, um, and we almost had that moment against Slovakia. Speaking of which, you know, the, the, the sort of vibe I get from the guys when I, I heard them being interviewed post game was the disappointment, the fact they couldn't at least take a point off Slovakia, take the game into overtime. That just shows you how far this team's come in the last couple of years. You were in Slovakia, you, you'll see that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, you know, I thought the guys competed hard and they were battling and uh, finding themselves in the game. And I think Turkey's goal really gave us a boost, you know, and um, you know, and then obviously they came back and got another one. But, you know, we had quite a bit of time left on the clock to get another one to equalize. And uh, you know, we had a couple looks around the net there in the third period. Just didn't fall on our stick. And uh, obviously we would have wanted to, to push that into overtime. It didn't go our way. So, you know, it's just another positive that we can take out of a game and, and, and apply that to, to the game tomorrow and against Denmark and, and going forward. Now, this is Monday. This is the rest day. And as we were speaking, by the time this goes out, the game on Tuesday will have passed and it will be the 100th cap for Jonathan Phillips uh, for GB. We've heard many tributes about the kind of guy he is through the years from the various milestones that he's hit. From your perspective, you, you've played against him as an opponent. You're coaching him right now. Uh, how much respect do you have for everything he does and what he brings to the team? Yeah, I always say I had great respect for him as a player, playing against him and, and coaching against him. Um, but I don't think I'd ever seen what he... Uh, is as a person and, and uh, a leader um, 
for this country and for the, his, this team here in GB, you know, what he brings to the table every night and the work ethic and uh, leadership and uh, just real, just a real character guy. So you couldn't have asked, you couldn't have asked for uh, anything more from your captain. So uh, we're extremely happy to have him and, you know, to see him get a hundred caps for, for his nation is pretty special. So um, hopefully we can make a special night for him. Now, I'm not start, starting any rumours here, but is he the sort of player that would be a dream to coach if you had him at Belfast Giants? Yeah, he certainly is a guy that, that I would have loved to have in Belfast. And, um, you know, well, I thought that when I played against him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's a guy that's uh, he's always working hard. And, uh, you know, he's he's that guy that's a, kind of a pain in your butt. So, um, certainly, it wasn't fun playing against him, but uh, I'm glad to be on the same side now. Absolutely. Now, while you're here, I think uh, I should ask about um, your brother, Sheldon. He's the the coach at Toronto Maple Leafs currently trying to guide them through the NHL playoffs. I know you follow things quite closely. Have you had a chance to to see how things are going with them at the moment? I haven't watched the first two games. I've watched the highlights back and stuff like that. But uh, the time difference here, I think the games are at 3 a.m. So it's it's been tough when I'm preparing for my own game. So, yeah. no, um, there's one on tonight, so we'll see if I can make it up for that one. But uh, no, it's been it's exciting to follow them, and and hopefully uh, they're able to to find success in the rest of the series. It's incredible you're in Riga with a, a national team doing doing what you're doing behind the bench. Your brother in the NHL playoffs as well. Must be a very proud time for your family to see the two of you doing what you're doing at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean we're from the Toronto area, so. Uh, I know my parents are extremely proud of of his accomplishment there, um, but yeah, obviously to be able to to turn on the TV and watch Great Britain play Russia or, or Slovakia or Denmark and and to see me behind the bench and yeah, I know that they're they're very happy to, to support and um, so it is it's a a cool time right now for the both of us. Unfortunately, it makes it very hard to to watch either of us when we're both preparing uh, every day. Have you heard from him at all while you've been in Riga? Has he been too busy with his own preparations, I would say? He did. He texted me on uh, the morning of uh, the Russian game, said he was going to watch. Turned out that the channel in Canada didn't play the game. They played the the US-Finland game. But uh, um, (laughs) aside from that, he said, uh, you know, texted me last night and said, that result's not too bad for you guys. Uh, I'm sure it was a good game over Slovak. So... um, yeah, no, it's uh, obviously I've been chatting with him quite a bit, just him going into playoffs, but uh, it just falls at the, I guess, the wrong time for me to be able to watch them night in, night out when we have, you know, a game or two every night. And of course, I was looking back at their record through the years, not had a good record in the playoffs, the Maple Leafs, but I think this, if they get by uh, the Canadians, it'll be the first time they've got by the first round in, since 2004. Do you fancy them to do it this time? Um, I certainly would hope, uh, I'm hoping that they do. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy league to win in and that's, you know, the playoffs is, is tough for a reason. So, uh, it didn't matter who you play every, every round is going to be tough. So, uh, it won't be easy for them, but, uh, you know, they have the team to, to get by the first round and, um, I'm pulling for them. GB co-coach Adam Keith on the BIH show. 
Once his duties in Riga are out of the way, his attention will turn to the new season in the Elite League with his Belfast Giants team and over in Cardiff, the Devils are now finally at the beginning of a new era. Andrew Lord left to join Greenville Swamp Rabbits in the ECHL last summer, and in October, despite no Elite League being played, the Devils announced the appointment of Jared Scaldi to replace him. Nearly eight months on, Scaldi is finally underway with his recruitment with the signing of Brendan Mickelson, announced last week, and no doubt there will be more to follow. So, we took this opportunity to call him up and get to know him a little bit, so we wanted to know what a coach has been doing if he's been unable to coach. Oh, well, we've been uh, outside of uh, Toronto, Ontario at a cottage here that we've uh, we've rented for the time being. And, um, you know, the, the most important thing was uh, understanding some of the players who are on the team the season prior, um, specifically uh, the Brits and understanding, uh, you know, who's going to be coming back and, and what type of players they are. So there was, there was some video done early on. Uh, now, now back then too, there was also a possibility the league might start in November, or possibility it might start in January. So there was still some calls to agents and players and some preliminary lists together, just in case that it did happen. And you know, we wanted to be ready to make some signings and and, and talk to some players and coaches. So there was uh, some recruiting, or at least gathering some information. And as the season went along, of course, it kept getting delayed and. Uh, um, as we got into uh, later months here, a lot of players are so much uncertainty out there about the start of season and our season and other seasons, of course. Um, but but over the last three weeks to a month, it's really picked up from the standpoint of recruiting and, and more concrete stuff with players. But early on, it was a lot of gathering information on players and, and recognizing players at potential targets for us to become the card of Devils for this upcoming season. Of course, it has been ideal. I was just going to say that, the fact that you've had this time to to maybe do a bit more research into the league, a bit more into the, the players that you're perhaps going to inherit as well. So what have you learned about the about basically the UK league and, and Cardiff Devils in particular? Well, a, a good benefit was the series that just happened. And I, I know it, it's uh, speaking to, to a lot of people involved that, that you know, maybe the, the caliber wasn't as high as the, the, the regular season, but you know, obviously a lot of players were involved. And for me, not just only our returning players, but players on other teams, getting some names and seeing what type of players they are. So it was very beneficial. But, uh, you know, I, I'm really impressed with, with the speed. Um, you know, the compete level was very high and, and the skill level. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's a fast league. It's an entertaining league. I was very uh, – I got to rewatch a lot of Cardiff's uh, games from the season prior – and the fan interaction and the excitement that, that is in that building is uh, is electric. And uh, I'm excited to get behind that bench and, and coach the team. Now, you'll know all about Andrew Lord's record before you. Everything he, he achieved with the club, it's probably fair to say he's a hard act to follow on the back of, of everything he did. So why was going to the Devils an attractive proposition for you? You know, it's a, there's, there's a few reasons. Um, you know, when I first started the process with uh, speaking with Todd, and, and uh, um, you know, uh, Lordo, he was in on, on the calls too, and uh, Neil Francis. So, um, you know, just uh, them educating me on, on the team, and I think it starts with the ownership group, um, you know, being comfortable with how they operate and, and what they're about and the excitement that they bring and the passion that they bring to the, uh, to the club was, uh, was very important. You know, understanding how Todd works, um, you know, the, the, the sort of job description type thing. And, and I was very comfortable speaking with Todd right away. And, and the fact that the success that they've had, what Lordo has been able to do in Cardiff is, uh, is very attractive. They're there to win. 
not just put a product on the ice and sell tickets. It's a matter of winning championships. So combining all that stuff all, and, and, the, and the city of Cardiff, uh, the, the, the information I've got back and the research I've done on, on the, on the city of Cardiff and the, and the country of Wales and um, all that put together makes it such an attractive place to want uh, to live, want to coach and want to be part of this, uh, this club. So um, when it came down to the whole interview process and getting down to the end, uh, I was extremely, extremely excited to be offered the position of the head coach of the Cardiff Devils. Now, as we speak, Brendan Mickelson was announced as your, your first signing for what was going to be your squad, of course. Um, has that set the tone for what fans can expect in terms of uh, players coming in over the course of the summer? Yeah, I think it was important to to get a, a player like uh, Brandon. He's uh, his experience speaks for itself. The levels that he's played at uh, for the National Hockey League, the American League, and over in, in Sweden and, and, and Salzburg and different places he played. He's an extremely good skater. Um, it's, uh, takes care of himself. Takes care of himself extremely well. Um, you know, at his age, uh, which he still has a lot of hockey left in him. Uh, one of the main reasons is because of his, uh, his his fitness and the way he approaches it as a professional. Um, and, and you can't talk of uh, Brendan Mickelson without talking about what type of person he is. And when I when I started calling other coaches that had him, I couldn't get off. The coaches didn't want to get off the phone. They they had so many great things to say about him, his presence in the room, and what he adds to your your hockey club from the younger guys to the to the veteran leadership. So that that total package. Um, and the overall professionalism is something that really attracted us to uh, Brendan. We couldn't be happier to get a, a player of his pedigree and caliber coming to Cardiff this year. Now, Brendan looks like a great player coming in. However, one great player has left Cardiff, Joey Martin, um, is, is basically a club legend. I think there's no other words for yep. him. I'm sure you're disappointed to see him go. Would you have loved the chance to have worked with him and, and find out more about him? Yeah, you know, you, you asked about early on, and there's a lot of conversations with Joey early on. But initially got the job and um, anticipating him coming back. And of course he, he left for, uh, for a bit, which was a great opportunity for him to play hockey this year. So we were excited for him to get to play and anticipating he's coming back. So when I got the news, it was, uh, it was definitely disappointing. Um, I really wanted to work with Joey. I understand what he means to the organization and to, to the fan base. Um, you know, he's a top player in the league. He's our top player. Um, you know, the flip side of that is that, you know, that, that freed up some money to go get some other guys. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying we can replace specifically Joey with one guy, but it, it did free some things up for us to get a little more creative and bring in some different guys in that, that hopefully can provide that offense and some scoring ability and, and the leadership that Joey brought. So um, yeah, disappointing, but we're happy for him. Um, everything is obviously amicable with uh, everybody with Joey. He's got to take care of what he's got to do. And uh you know, we wish him nothing but the best and, and maybe down the road um, he'll be back in a Cardiff Devils uniform. I was looking at your, um, basically your CV um, before I spoke to you there. You've got quite an impressive CV as a player and obviously as a coach in more recent years as well. So what can Cardiff Devils fans expect from a Jared Scaldi team next season? Well, I, I think there's going to be a lot of attention to detail. I think it's very important at all levels of hockey that, uh, you know, there's an attention to detail from our defensive zone out through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. I mean, that's the creative part, the offense. You want players to be creative. You do want to apply some sort of structure to it, but allow players to play their game. Um, we want our defensemen up on the rush. We want our defensemen, um, you know, be able to outlet the puck, but also be part of our offense. I think that just creates uh, uh, so many different ways to win hockey games is having our defense part of our offense. And, and it's not just one or two guys. 
um, smart decisions with the puck to get up ice and, and create. So attention to detail. I want to bring some guys in with some speed, some excitement, um, good character people, um, good locker room guys, and um, guys that want to be in Cardiff, want to be part of the family that's been created there and uh, help us win championships. I want to ask you this as a, as a relative newcomer. I'm mindful of the fact you haven't actually been here yet, but as we speak, the World Championships are going on right now in, in Latvia. Great Britain are heavily involved in that. Firstly, have you been keeping an eye on some of the players that you maybe hope to be working with? And does uh, the UK present a more attractive proposition for players and people like yourself and coaches? A- absolutely. Yes, I've been, I've been paying attention. It's great to see uh, how well uh, GB's doing and, and guys that will be playing for us, contributing and uh you know, that, that's very exciting, exciting for, for the whole nation and, and the whole program at GB. So, um, and again, getting to see some guys at a high, high level is uh, something that's very beneficial to myself and understanding um, some of these players that I've not been able to see firsthand. So this is another great opportunity to, um, you know, accumulate more knowledge of our players and, and other players uh, on GB that we'll be seeing in our league uh, throughout the year. So, um yeah, it, 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 it's been great. Uh, I do believe the, the performance that GB's putting on right now is beneficial to our league and to our players and to uh, recruiting um, imports. And the conversations I've had with agents and, and, and players is that there's a, there's a lot of encouragement that they want to come to the UK league. I've heard so many great things about the league. Um, the perception of the league has changed over the years to where it's at, at this day and age where, where we're attracting Quality, quality, high-end imports, and the and the, the British players are, are just getting better and better, and it's exciting, exciting to uh, really bring this together and uh, um, see what kind of team we're going to eventually get here once the uh, the World Championships is over and the, the ECHL is done playing, the American League's close, so um, we'll have a better understanding of uh, who exactly is going to be available. Now, fans are starting to get excited at the prospect of returning to, to rinks again. We hope by September and restrictions are, are loosened to the fact that we can have fairly sizable crowds in each arena, and restrictions notwithstanding. But you're a coach, you want to be behind the bench, and I, it's been such a long, long wait. How excited are you at the prospect of getting back behind there and, and doing what you do best? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's It's been a long, uh, uh, well, 15 months, I guess, Um you know, you know, wanting to wanting to work, get behind that bench, the excitement of being around the team, uh, you know, meetings and, and individual meetings and group meetings and just just being part of the, the locker room fabric and, and, and building this. So, you know, those are things you miss tremendously, um, getting up in the morning and getting the rank and, and, and looking to get better. So I'm excited to get behind the bench. I'm excited to, to move over to, to Cardiff and my wife and I to experience experience it and, and get settled and then uh, get the season going and uh, I think it's a long time coming for everybody so hopefully some normalcy for all of us and uh, um, specifically for myself it, it's yeah it has been a long haul but I'm really excited to be on that bench. Jared Scaldi head coach of the Cardiff Devils joining us on the BIH show. One more interview to come, and it's been good news all round in the EIHL and NIHL. Their media officer Craig Simpson tells us all about it after the break. Welcome back to the BIHO. After a frustrating year of hoping and waiting for the coronavirus to move on and start letting us get back to normal, the teams and clubs in the EIHA have felt it considerably over the last 12 to 14 months. Now there's light at the end of the tunnel. The NIHL have just completed the Rugged Stock Cup and Three Rivers Cup tournaments, which is leading to a playoff weekend a week on Saturday featuring the top two teams from each group. 
Add to that, adults and kids are back in the rinks and training again as restrictions have been easing off in the last few weeks. Craig Simpson is the EIHA's media officer and has spent the last few months giving constant updates on what the government have been saying and how that translates to lower leagues and junior ice hockey. So I began by asking him how good it was to see rinks opening up again and letting people in at last. It's it's brilliant to to actually see the sport come back. It's been a it's been a long road. Um, the last was it now 14, 14 months since the since the pause in in March of twenty twenty, and uh, it's been a long road. I've got a couple of false starts, but um, with the, the the spring cups and then the, getting the juniors back this this last month's been huge as well to get them back. They've been kind of really adversely affected and opening up the sport now to to all levels. Um, and seeing and seeing games taking place, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. I was going to ask about the return to play program a little bit later, but we may as well cover it now. As you said, there are so many false starts over the last year. It just seems as though when you're you're getting somewhere, you're, you're climbing a ladder, you're you're going to do two runs down again. So to see adults and kids now being able to to play finally, I mean, it gives you a real sign that normality is is very much coming back. He says, fingers crossed. Yeah, whatever normal means these days. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been. I mean, from from the beginning, indoor indoor sports seem to be more either harshly treated or adversely affected, however you want to say it. Um, and and ice sports seem to be of the indoor sports even more adversely affected again. And um, so it, it's been it's been tough to battle with things going on like that. So obviously, getting this, the sport locked out of the rinks for for most of last calendar year, um, and then slowly coming back back into the summer. Um, with certain restrictions, and then we had a couple of trial events, and we thought well, things were coming back, and then obviously we had the second wave, and and that when kind of the, the lockdown seemed to be every time something came in, it was it was slightly different restrictions. It wasn't the same as the last time, so you had to learn new um, new protocols, new guidelines, and that had to be kind of cascaded out to clubs and teams and what have you. Um, and we and we also found out when obviously we were waiting on government announcements and things, but. We, when the, the government made the big showpiece announcement, um, we found out when the fine detail came out kind of a day or two later, it wasn't exactly as it had been sold on the on the big stage. So we learned a couple of times to the hard way to, to wait until we had the fine detail before we were ready to go. So that was that was frustrating because we wanted like everybody, we just wanted to get everybody back as quickly as and safely as possible. But um I say that the boards built some great relationships with other ice sports we work well with um, British ice skating, the curling, the ice rink managers, and um, our friends. Have, it's become a, a, a synonymous thing from typing in press releases. DCMS, brackets Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport, close brackets. Um, and it's kind of that, that wing of the government's been a, a huge support, um, confirming guidelines and things like that. So it's been it's been hard, it's been tough, um, but I say finally getting things back on. Um, it's just been something we had to go through, and the sport's been really resolute as well. The, the clubs um, doing what they can to keep keep people kind of engaged. Been loads of like online training, online, um, just getting together um, when they couldn't obviously get into rinks and what have you. So the sport's done what it can. Obviously, the, the associations have done what they can, and and hopefully we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And it may be a bit soon to say, and, and you know, you may not be the best person to ask this, but we won't know really the impact of what it's done for, say, the junior programmes when, when kids are maybe have decided to give it up for whatever reason because they've not been able to hit the rink as well. That, that's got to be a real concern for the EIHA looking forward. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I think you're right. We'll not really know until probably the autumn when the the quote unquote normal season will will resume. Um, obviously, we've got we do have clubs um, who are still struggling to, to kind of restart. Uh, I was talking to one junior head coach um, just the other day, and they've had very little kind of loss from when they paused in March to, to coming back. So they've been quite fortunate, but we'll not know the full picture until until the season starts in the autumn. Um, and I think it might take a, a season to get things back kind of to where we were a year ago. So the, the, the season won't be maybe as we expect. We won't have a full range of teams in each division. We won't have like at the minute because clubs used to have some of the bigger clubs particularly had multiple clubs at each, multiple teams at each age group. That might have happened first up. They might have limits on kind of reduced numbers. So I think it'll just be a case of seeing, and I think that work's already underway, getting on, getting in touch with clubs to see kind of where they think they are and what sort of um, teams will be like and what sort of numbers. And we'll put something in place to start in, in the autumn and, and then get a, get the first season underway and then keep working to, to build it back and, and come back kind of, I think a year after will probably be the, the better test. Now, we've just seen the, the Rugged Stock Cup and the Three Rivers Cup competitions that have just kind of came to a close. Are you able to tell us how successful they've been and how, how the fans have, have bought into them over the last few weeks? Yeah, I think the, the whole um, NIHL return to play has been a, a huge success starting with the, the kind of the national division with their Spring Cup. Um, and the, the, the streaming element is, is very new to a lot of teams at at our level, um, not so much for maybe the the professional clubs, but the certainly the NIHL and NIHL national and, and Division One streaming games is, is is fairly new. So it was a it was a whole new thing to learn. But the um, I think it, it helped that there was obviously people just wanting some sort of hockey fix. Um, but the, the the support, as in the the fans, have kind of supported it in, in good numbers. The, the the Spring Cup very successful for the for the national division. And then when we were able to get Division One North and South up and running with initially four team tournaments, and then that followed on with the three team tournaments that are that are just finishing now. One of the big things we managed to do that the clubs put them on YouTube for free, so obviously that helped the the spectators uh, watching online. But talking to clubs, the the engagement with fans through social media, if it's on the YouTube stream, on the chat, things like that, or through yeah, your Facebooks and, and Twitter and things like that. The fan engagement's been fantastic and, and they have been able to kind of interact with the fans and still give them something. Obviously, people using the online raffles and competitions and things like that to, to help with that sort of thing as well. So on the ice, standard's been fantastic. A lot of players, obviously, with the limited teams taking part. So we've had kind of guest players pretty much at, at, at all levels, but they, they've, they've bought in. The, the standard's been fantastic to watch. Kind of nobody's taken kind of nights off it's been it's been pretty much full on from from when the puck dropped and and that showed in some in some fantastic games i seen you were lending your your vocals to um, to commentary as well it must be nice for you to get back in ranks and seeing some live action again yeah that was that was really good that the sheffield home games um had a had a vacancy as it were because jonathan fernley had done the initial uh, games for the cimitars and then when the elite series obviously started up he was he was away with the the big club, the Steelers, and uh, I know Martin Peters, the, the chairman at Sheffield, kind of said, you know, if you are interested and available, then um, obviously going through the, the protocols at the time. But 
I was happy enough to take part and like you say, just just getting back inside an ice rink, albeit no fans, but getting back inside and, and kind of the atmosphere of, of a game day. I mean, it was my first ice rink March 15th in Billingham was my last game, 2020. And so it was it was March, April time, I think. So it was like 30 months. Um, but it was brilliant to, to see people face to face again and just experience the the noise and the atmosphere of a of a hockey game in person. It was brilliant. And of course, it's leading into the playoff weekend coming up soon. A great way to end any season, a playoff weekend. The, the top two teams in the Rugged Stock and the Three Rivers Cup competition all coming together for this fantastic weekend in Sheffield with fans in the building as well, which is even more exciting. How excited are you for this one, Craig? The fans in the stands, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge part. The, when the, when the, the three team tournaments, the Rugged Stock and the, and the Three Rivers Cup competition started, the teams started asking, can we have some sort of national playoff, national final? Um, and then when the, obviously the roadmap of lockdown came through, when we we're looking at dates and things, there was the opportunity by, by kind of end of May, beginning of June, to have um, limited spectators. So the, the NIHL management and the events team kind of started looking into things. We were only able really to, con- to confirm it last week after after kind of Boris gave the green light to say, yes, we are going to the next phase of, of restriction um, easing. So that's why it was it seemed to be confirmed failure, but a lot of the work had been done. And yeah, to, to have fans in the, in the building, the first um, fan attended ice hockey for kind of 15 months. Um, it's just under 500 is the is the capacity. Um, but we're hopeful with the, the four teams taking part, plus the others who've been around the fringes of the tournament, um, plus any any neutral fans who kind of want a hockey fix and want to get inside a, an ice rink for the first time, uh, we're, we're fairly confident that'll be that'll be sold out. And the four teams taking part of the Sheffield Skimmers, Slough Jets, Milton Keynes Thunder, and Widnes Wild as well. That the fans are obviously excited to to get back it as well. And to think uh, that was so unthinkable six months ago. It was. We we just didn't know. I mean, the whole the whole thing's been um, bizarre. When 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 we when we put, when we paused, people were talking. It'll be a couple of weeks. It'll be a month. It'll be we'll be back soon, and nobody knew. And then, obviously, at the depth of lockdown, um, what's well, never going to happen? We're never going to be back. And then, slowly and surely, um, as things have improved and, and eased, and then to finally say get the get the green light and have fans in the building, a four team tournament with team four teams in the same place at the same time. It's been enough red tape to, to have two teams in the same place at, at one time. Never mind four. So to have that sort of thing in, in involved and it makes a nice nice finale to the to the NIHL return to play and kind of puts a bow on this this phase of, of coming back and then obviously then the juniors are, I think there's going to be a lot of junior fixtures but this this showpiece hopefully uh I'll, I'll do it justice now as I look I've got the information in front of me it's uh attendance is limited obviously at 500 because of the COVID restrictions in place um how are how are sales going so far are you at the point where you're starting to urge people to get their their tickets as soon as possible yeah, it was good, a good response from the, the, the first week. Obviously, we only had a couple of teams confirmed to start with, but then this weekend just gone. Um, the, the, the four spots are now all confirmed, so and um, there's been a good response for those from those teams, and it's been it's been steady so far this week. And obviously, we'll we'll keep pushing. Um, as I say, it is something we appreciate. People, are, we hope they want to be there, but we appreciate it's it's a big step having been kind of told you can't do this for 15 months. And now being told, yes, you can, please come. Um, so we understand it'll people will be apprehensive, but 
as I say, it's it is a COVID secure. Um, there is the testing element. There's the um, temperature checks as you go in. All of the space, and that's why 500 people in the in the rink at Ice Sheffield normally holds kind of 1500. So um, it is going to be COVID secure as, as far as anything can be, um, and we just hope people will, will support it and, and have a big end of the season. Final one for me, not wishing to just put you on the spot any, but are things looking positive for a normal, inverted commas, start in, in September? I know the National League have announced they're, they're looking to start um, as normal, as you might say, but for the, the sort of lower teams, junior teams, would that be the same? Yeah, as I say, the, the work's already underway with the um, the AIHA, the recently uh, elected board, um, a lot of new people involved. Uh, they've already started a consultation with clubs to see kind of what sort of thing people are willing to do, able to do, what they want to do. Um, and the, I think the plans will start coming out um, kind of in the next the next two, three weeks once once we've had the consultation with clubs. Um, we'll be able to put things out to say, right, this is what's going to happen for our, you see NIHL National have put their plans, the National uh, Divisions 1 and 2, the women's section, then the juniors, um, and basically we'll put plans out there to, to see um, what's going to come about but I think it is it is positive the the sport is coming back um as I say this this first season may not be a fully normal season I say we may have limited numbers and not a normal structure as to what we'd normally have but I think it's important to have some sort of structure some sort of routine and even once it's underway in September to then look ahead to then work on to improve it for the following year but um all signs are good so far and uh, fingers crossed things will continue obviously there's Things going on in the background with the um, the, the Indian stream, whatever you want to call it, the, the latest pandemic news. But we'll, we'll just keep ploughing on, and and as soon as we're able to confirm everything, we, we certainly will do. EIHA media officer Craig Simpson, my final guest this week on the BIH show. Just some further information to give you on the tournament at Ice Sheffield. The crossover semi-finals at Bower Arena on Saturday the 6th of June will see Sheffield Scimitars versus Milton Keynes Thunder at 1.30pm, followed by Slough Jets taking on Witness Wild at 6.30pm, with the winners of each time meeting in Sunday's final, which will face off at 3pm. Tickets for spectators to attend in person at the rink are on sale now online from www.eiha.co.uk slash tickets. Adult tickets are £25, concessions £17.50, covering all three games. Attendance is limited at just under 500 under current guidelines, so as this is a COVID-secure event, and spectators will require a negative lateral flow test in advance of attending. Get booking now and don't miss out. We'll get more about those playoffs in next week's show, so look out for that. Before we go, we want to tell you about some new sponsorship opportunities with British Ice Hockey. We'd love to hear from you if you'd be interested in coming on board with us. For further information, drop us an email at news at britishicehockey.co.uk and among other things, you could hear your company's name on the BIHO. We continue to send our best wishes and good luck to the GB team at the World Championships and we'll bring you the news and reaction to the games on the website, britishicehockey.co.uk and don't forget to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at BritIceHockey or follow me on Twitter at BIH Craig and we're also on Instagram too on at British Ice Hockey. The BIH show is part of the Sports Social Network, the UK's first dedicated sport podcast network. Find the next show you'll love or join the team even at www.sport-social.co.uk. My thanks this week go to Josh Tetlow, Jonathan Phillips, Adam Keefe, Jared Scaldi and Craig Simpson for coming on the show and also special thanks to Chris Ellis and Ice Hockey UK for their assistance this week and the great work they're doing out there in Latvia. 
Join us next week for another episode, and I'll talk to you then. Take care of yourself. I'll be back soon. Bye for now. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.